Material Components Episode 11 No Shirt, No Shoes, No Service Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about intelligent items and the adventurers who love them. I am your humble dungeon master, Mike Gorgoni, and joining me as always are my stalwart adventurers. Hey adventurers, how's it going? Hey, Hello. I'm back! Howdy. Oh, Elliot's back, y'all! Yay! Yeah, when this episode is back, alright! Our, our podcast uh, necromancers got on to their duties and... Yeah. Raise their corpse right from the dead. I heard about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I heard that I died. <laughs> yeah. It was starting to stink. I was really um, worried. Don't stick your head underwater anymore. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> oh. oh, gosh. I keep doing this. It's me. Hello, everybody. Uh, late as always. I am Olivia. Uh, I am playing. Tears a cloak bearer, uh, child of the outer storm. <laughs> I am Elliot, and I am playing Cherish, the tiefling sorcerer. I am Michael, and I am playing Sid, the half elf rogue. Hey, I'm Reed, and I'll be playing Grawl, the hobgoblin warlock. Indeed. So I know it has been a while, but let me ask the same question I ask at the beginning of every session, and that is do you all remember what happened last time? Yes. Oh, yes. good. I was afraid. There was... There I remember. Was a lot. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, we met with the old mage. Mm. Um, first, I after... set a troll on fire. Let's I mean, you know, first, uh, first, uh, it was awesome. Cherish was the MVP of the fight, um, <laughs> and slowed the troll, and then lit it on fire. Um, As I'm so what was... to do. Yes. Um. <laughs> and then we got we got to uh, the tower fine. Um, we brought the the girl with us, if I'm not mistaken. Esha, we did. We gave yeah. her hot chocolate. Reed gave yeah. her hot chocolate. Yeah. Yes. To make up for the fact that he was terrifying a small child. Yeah. Exactly. It was a joke. It was a joke. Filling <laughs> over her head because she's too short, and that's how Grawl sees it. Um. And so to make up for that, he gave her hot chocolate, one of the most luxurious drinks in all the valley. Mm -hmm. It's true. Um, and yeah, and uh, Esha's going to be studying at the tower, I, I assume. Um, uh, and then we met with the old mage. Um, had some questions for her. Um, mostly, why didn't you let us in on your your whole thing um you know uh i don't did anyone else feel a little disappointed with the answers we got i i the player and sid the character is like i mean i don't know um i wanted more damn it um hmm. yeah maybe if my questions were better who knows um that's true. It is hard to know, like, what to ask her. It is also hard to know, like, is she being honest with us right now? I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah so we we all are sort of begrudgingly uh, follow following is a strong word. Um, 
helping her um, by there's like a series of um, tears and realm uh, scars. Realm scars is what they're called. Thank you. Actually, you write that down. Realm scars, uh, and we're going to one that is closest. Uh, I'm trying to remember where that was. Indeed. Well, let us take a look at our old friend, the map. Yeah. Hey, map. So we find you now just outside of the tower on the southern coast of Lake Quelio. To the east, just beyond the town of Crescent's Edge, is the nearest of the realm scars. You were shown the entirety of the valley via some really hardcore magics, and you were shown that there are five realm scars throughout the Tempest Rest. Those five in particular seem to be some kind of sticking point, because whatever agents or adventurers were sent to those five vanished and were not heard from again, according to the old mage. Just curious, did we did we get information on those people who were sent out? Well, Do we know who they are, or I was are just they just, like, s- randos? I was just about to say, I feel like one of them might be Camion. The old mage did say right. that she hadn't had contact yeah. with him. But, like, since the end of the trial, though. Oh, that's true. Since yeah. the end of the Skein Witch's trials, Camion has gone a little bit AWOL. Where their position is now is still unknown. What you do know about those that were sent to the five realm scars of which you're aware is little to nothing. Honestly, you didn't ask. All you you do know is the position of those realm scars is somehow related to that cult that you've been interacting with slowly but surely over the course of your adventures and has become more and more aggressive as time has gone on. To the point where, on your way to the tower, they tried to kill you on a few occasions. Yep, but have failed several times. We're making a name for ourselves. So, the five realm scars that you are aware of is... The closest one is to the east, inside the Eastwood, just past Crescent's Edge. The other four are located as such. There is one on the edge of the mountains, just south of Fair Aemsir, the elvish city, just on the other side of the Eastwood. There is one just to the east of Stormhaven, at the edge of the lower edge of the Eastwood. There is one far south of Stormhaven, just north of a city that has yet to have a name. And there is one located in the drylands to the southwest of Blue Gulch. There's my hometown. It's true. Hmm. Okay. We could kind of do like a little little arc around the uh do a little tour. The grand tour. The grand oh. tour. Kind of like a wine tasting. I was mm. just about to say. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Taste of the valley. As it stands, you had all found your rest in the inn, the Zippy Snail, which is yes, in the did. small dock town located just outside the Old Mage's Grand Tower. Yep. It is there we find the four of you now, that evening after your discussions with the Old Mage, 
ruminating on your thoughts and perhaps discussing what comes next in the common room of the Zippy Snail. It is loud and bustling in here. There is There are several bards on a wide stage just to the north of you. There's a long bar with many bartenders serving all manner of drinks. It's loud enough in here to cover any conversation you might have, though it's also exposed enough to where if someone wanted to overhear you, they could probably give it a good shot. Yeah, I don't think we're... I don't know what we would be talking about out in the open, honestly. Yeah. Um, maybe just like... I imagine we're talking about like like what kind of stuff we're going to need to bring with us, you know. Um, uh, if any of us have been to that area, um, I have not. Um, I think Grawl's the only one who... Or, well, Tisha's been to the Eastwood too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I fought a dire... Not as far east as uh, the second you... the second realm scar is, but yeah. I've definitely, or I've almost certainly been to the area around the first one because it's okay between um, my house and Stormhaven. It's close to where Tirza grew up. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. So what what kind of stuff did you run into, Mike? Can I roll a history check? Yes, you can. Yay. I'm really bad at that. And remember, guys, I did live in a weird commune thing. <laughs> oh, but I rolled a 17, so I'm good at paying attention. Tirza, you would innately know that the Eastwood has, just on a baseline, the dangers presented in the Eastwood include large, strange beasts Within the last five years, there has been an increase in something known as the Dire Plague. It is a disease of some kind, though no one's been able to trace its origins, that warps and mutates creatures into horrible versions that are full of bloodlust and hate and tend to only cause destruction. A and in fact, I spent a year kicking the crap out of them. You did. Because on the... While you are lo your original village, Utbari, is located on the edge of Lake Quelio, sort of on the edge of the Eastwood itself, though not necessarily in the woods, one of the other Bari that you visited, uh, Kothbari, is located on the far, far side of the Eastwood, relatively close to Fair Ames here, actually. Oh, I actually, yeah, I hadn't seen that when you sent us the renewed map. I actually have been kind of to the area where the second realm scar is. Cool. Relatively close. But the dangers of the Eastwood are not contained to just mindless beasts. There are also old and strange magics that lurk within the Eastwood that can cause danger. Whatever magic sustains the elves is strong within the Eastwood, and there are primal locations, fonts of power that attract fey creatures from whatever disaster they escaped 500 years ago. They ha now have bastions of power within the Eastwood. Um, is there... So I know on the map there's like a road that leads through the Eastwood. Do, is that uh, just for the sake of the map? Or do we like kind of know that there is a road that... 
There is a road that connects Enclave on the west side of the Eastwood to Fair Ames here. And roughly speaking, it is one of the few safe paths through the Eastwood that is regularly maintained by the Bark Watch as well as Edge Wardens. Okay. Gotcha. Or Edge Masons, I should say. So, should we make our way to Enclave first and then move out from there? Well, it's that's past where oh, the first it? realm scar is. Yeah, we should probably just go to Crescent's Edge. Yeah. Okay. We should definitely invest in a tent. That was sort of a thing that sucked on our way here. It's true. Uh, if we are talking logistics, um, Tirza has asked Cherish for two pieces of notebook paper. Okay. And is furiously scribbling. Don't okay. worry about it, guys. Uh, I think before Cherish like gives that to you, though, like when you ask, uh, I think that she says, uh, "I have a question for you. Were you really going to attack me in the Mage's Tower when you pulled out your javelin?" <laughs> Olivia the player totally forgot about that and so uh, uh, Cherish will remember this <laughs> um, Cherish uh, a lot of a lot of things are happening right now and I'm I'm not really sure about who I can trust, and I... I apologize. I don't 100% understand what you are, what's going on with you, but... You're my friend. You're... Up until recently, the only friend I've ever had, so... I don't know is the answer. I'm trying to be honest. You cannot give me the notebook paper. I apologize. Um, no, I'm sorry. I, I'm not. I. It just hurt. It hurt. My feelings. And I. I do have those. I know that I. I'm very clinical. But. It hurt, it hurt that you didn't seem to trust that I wasn't doing it on purpose. Whatever, here. And then she walks away. <laughs> okay. Um, and Sid leans back in his chair and leans over to Grawl and's like, what was that about? I, I think Cherish is just very attached to her notebook paper. <laughs> I took away from that. Yeah, you know what? That's probably... I it. think, yeah, it's got to be it, right? Get some more. Hot I mean, it chocolates. was pretty fancy. I, I kind of <laughs> some for myself. Um, Me too, right? Me too. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I wonder if there's someone who can buy some. 
<laughs> Good role playing, guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> we did it. That Good is one hundred percent on character. Right. I know it was. I'm not being facetious. There's a reason why I play big dumb characters. They're so much fun. So, uh, speaking of logistics, some things you would know before you set out on any further journeys. You are currently out of supplies. You had enough food and travel rations to get you to the tower, assuming everything went as planned, which, for the most part, it did, at least in terms of your timing. Yeah. So that is something you will need to restock on before you leave. Other than that, whatever preparations you want to make, now is a good time to do it, though it is only... About a three days journey to the town of Crescent's Edge from where you are, so it wouldn't be that hard to get a little something here and then make it stretch until Crescent's Edge, which is a bit more of a, a city city. Yeah. The, the town around the tower is mostly made up of way stops. There's not much in the way of shops and stuff here. It's more like, like an airport than a, a city. I would akin it to the, like, hotels and amenities around an airport or okay. around... I was I was going to say, like, college town. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, that that's means there's going to be an Applebee's. <laughs> fantasy Apple... Oh, my God. There's, yeah. like, two Fantasy Applebee's, one on one side of the tower and one on the other. <laughs> Did you hear they're, they're opening up a third Fantasy Applebee's? Oh, my it's God. Gonna really oh, my God. I mean, yeah, the like the top of the tower. I it's. I they have no fancy the apples. I can't believe okay. they approved that. <laughs> Low key, yeah. though, you guys, I love fantasy Applebee's uh, dire steaks. They're so, so good. That's why you grew up here, so of course you like fantasy Applebee's. <laughs> you know that fantasy. You know that's not real dire meat, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like. <laughs> cooked in you a dirty what? oven. The place you can get real dire meat <laughs> is down kettle. south. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, I haven't been there, but I've heard. It's authentic heard barbecue down there. Yeah, <laughs> You can find it during um, the festival. You can find authentic oh, yeah. um, authentic dire meat, but um, you gotta know where to look. Mostly night side. A- 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 as a slight note, uh, it is actually incredibly dangerous to eat the meat of a dire I animal. Was, the, yeah. that, that, was, that was part of the joke. That, that was part of the goof that I was going with. <laughs> It, it tends to calcify inside of people's bodies. Mm. That's what makes it stick to your bones. Literally. Literally. Mm. <laughs> so, what is the plan? Yeah. Let's pick it. I feel. I think we should pick up some rations here and then head yeah. to. Uh, you know, I guess we should try to find a tent. Yeah. What's What's the time of day, by the way? It is pushing on evening. Okay, so I figure we can head out in the morning. Yeah. So. Um, I'd also like to find Captain Guru and give him what I just wrote down. Okay. Which, Mike, I will send to you, but it is on my phone, which just died. So. Fair enough. Um, okay, do you want to do that this evening? Yeah. And is, is that a, a scene that needs to play out, or is that something that's happening on the down low away from these players? Um, it's not necessarily on the down low, but I don't invite anybody to come with me. Okay. Sid, let's go dancing. <laughs> is there dancing? This inn is pretty kicking. The Zippy Snail is actually the biggest game in town in terms of 
roadside entertainment or dockside like entertainment. Fan- Fantasy Outback. Do people dance dance at Outback Steakhouse? No. no. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> so that's any restaurant. So, Tirza, it is a short jaunt down to the wharves where you see that the three barges that you arrived on are still in dock. It seems as though they're probably going to be here for a little while while they make repairs to the lead barge, the Hefty Bounty. So, asking around, it's pretty easy to find where Captain Guru got to. Apparently, there's a local garrison of the the Lock Wardens here, and he is garrisoned up over there. Um, okay. I think I just walk up and say hello to him. Okay. And is all you're wanting to do is to deliver this letter? Mm Mm-hmm. And basically, I have a letter for, um, Naveen, uh, which is, uh, inside that letter to Naveen, there is a request that he gives the other two sheets of paper to Neta. Because my main message is for her. Okay. So, uh, for all of your service, Captain Guru is more than happy to be passing on this message once we make our way back to the Wickmore's Landing. Though, I warn you, that might not be for uh, another ten day or so. That's that's perfectly fine. I, I genuinely appreciate everything you've done for us. Thank you, sir. Aye. Well, I'd be wishing you the best of luck in all your further travels. May the fairies be not on your back. I really appreciate that. We will probably need it. Aye, the fairies. They always be watching. And I just give him a big pat on his big bare arm and I leave. (laughs) And he nods solemnly to himself and then looks off into the middle distance and then returns back to whatever he was doing. Yeah. So I'll just point I'll just point out Tirza <laughs> is a hundred percent on board with the fact that there are definitely fairies. Oh, and God. Captain Gru's presence definitely kept them away from us. <laughs> that log was definitely a changeling. <laughs> so is there anything else the rest of you or even Tirza would like to accomplish that evening? Or is it just get in a room, going to bed? Yeah. Drinking. Okay. Do a little bit of drinking, do a little bit of sleeping. At the end of the day, it costs one gold per each of you. Okay. Done. Yeah, I'm good. The next morning, you all find your way downstairs eventually to get a little bit of breakfast. That's The continental breakfast is, of course, included in the price of your rooms. (laughs) Toast. Eggs. Getting rations for the road isn't hard. That's something that the inn can supply. It will... If you want three days' worth of rations, it will cost you whatever it says in the player's handbook that rations cost. Okay. Mm. Um, what are we thinking as far as uh, tents? Are, are we getting one big tent? Um, uh, four personal tents? Or we could do two and two. Uh, I'll say this much. Tents in this town, much harder to come by. Yeah. Yeah. We'll probably just have to suffer a smidge more. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we can always get that in Crescent's Edge. Yeah. 
Uh, also, just... rations are five silver. Okay. Cool. And does ration, is that like a meal or is that like a ration a day kind of a thing? It is. Dry food suitable for extended travel, including jerky, dried fruit, hardtack, and nuts. Okay. Ah, nuts. Nuts. Mmm, hardtack. I believe that's five silver per day's worth of rations? Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it would cost each of you one and a half gold, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, a tent is going to be much harder to come by. I could take some kind of investigation role to maybe track down a seller who might be able to sell you a tent, but it's not immediately obvious where you might acquire one. Okay, yeah. I'll make an investigation roll. I think we, I think we look, yeah. Oh, investigation go. Oh, that's uh, 19. Okay. You figure out that Pretty quickly, the best way to get yourself a tent would be talking to some of the merchants who have come up here along with the barges. Mm -hmm. As they are now unloading all of their stuff from the barges, they are mostly organizing the porters and whatnot. So eventually you track down somebody who is selling basically expedition gear to the wizards because... A lot of the mages and researchers up at the tower tend to also head up expeditions to other parts of the valley to do magical research. Mm -hmm. So, you could acquire at least, let's see, how much extra stock would he have? Let's find out. He has two tents that he's willing to oh, sell. Perfect. Uh, how big are they? They are two-person tents. So. Oh, yeah. how confidential. Uh, yeah, how much are those? A basic tent costs... Let's bring up that lovely page in the manual. Um, da -da 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 -da. That's for a horse. Um, I don't... Yeah, I don't yeah. Need one of those. Nope, nope, you don't. I can make one of those. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> a two-person tent costs two gold. Oh. Alright, yeah, I'll just pay for these. Okay. Okay. I don't know who's tapping out a rhythm, but it is right in my ears. Oh, it's me. I'm so sorry. That's really far away from the mic. Dang, that's a good mic. <laughs> so. We've got two good mics, in fact. Hi. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> so. You acquire your supplies. You acquire your tents. Anything else you want to do before leaving the base of the tower? Let's egg it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Ding That's dong, ditch it. <laughs> That's so, so not smart. Oh, man. Eggs are for eating. <laughs> okay, fine. We'll put poop in a bag and light it on fire. Yeah. On the Where are we getting this poop? Sid? Don't worry about it. I'll light it on fire if you provide the poop. Okay. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. Won't be the last. <laughs> Do you attempt to vandalize the old mage's tower? No. No, no we don't. <laughs> okay. 
I think I think Sid spends a good five minutes trying to convince them to do it. <laughs> yeah, and we're just like, no, Sid, we have like stuff to do. I'll take I'll take like five minutes. It won't be. It'll be. It'll be funny. She'll, she'll like, know she'll, it's us. That's better. And, and she won't be the one who has to clean it. Yeah, it'll probably be Rigel. You don't want to get on that guy's bad side. Uh, yeah, fair enough. So, there are several ways to get to Crescent's Edge. The most expedient yeah. way is to charter a boat. Boats. The second quickest way is to travel south a ways until you reach a, uh, a ferry that will get you across the river, and then you can hike the rest of the way to Crescent's Edge along the edge of the lake. The other alternative is to go all the way back to Wickmore's Landing, cross a bridge, and take the road northward. Which not that, that one. one. <laughs> that's like when you that's like when you do directions on the on maps and mm -hmm. it's like, hey, do you want to go like four hundred miles out of your way to go to this place that's four seconds from you? No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Um, um I mean fine with the ferry, but um yeah, the last time we went on a boat, some bad stuff happened. That was a barge, which is more like a ferry than a boat. Oh, that's Actually, true. Um, we would be going, like, basically over Lake Quelio if we did the fastest route. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we know there's monsters in there. Mm-hmm. That shit is dangerous. What does Grawl want to do? Or is he busy sniping something on eBay? No, 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 I lost it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird because I made the last bid at the very last second and somehow the dude made the same bid as me and won it. I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. I can live without another lightsaber. Um. Anyways, uh, Grawl doesn't care too much as long as like we don't run into any more dire shit. Um, Grawl doesn't particularly like these dire abominations. So like... Good thing he's... we're going to the Eastwood then. Yeah. yeah. No, he doesn't. He doesn't like them. Um, that's fine. That's a mission. Like on the way there, he doesn't want to do that. Okay. So like, yeah. I mean, so boat then. Yeah, I think the boat is going to be the quickest way, and this yeah. does seem to be a time is of the essence. That's kind true. of gay. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, you weren't given a a firm timetable on any of this, and ultimately. You were told your goal is just to figure out what the primary goal of the cult is. The old mage had just informed you that seeking out those realm scars just seems to be the most expedient way of drawing them out. If you'd had other ideas, her words sort of ring in your head. She wasn't looking for slaves, she was looking for heroes. And to do what you need to do of your own recognizance. I mean, then frankly, the most expedient way to bring out the cult members is like for me to stand on like a soapbox in the middle of any given town and just sort of yell I mean, out my name and we, like who I am. We do know that the, there are cult members in Crescent's Edge because Grawl killed one. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. uh, four years ago. <laughs> However, we also sure know times. that if we ask them stuff, they don't tell us things. And it's so, really upsetting, so it's let's really not upsetting, do that again. So maybe we'll just go to the Realm Scar. As I've said, though, it is up to you. I say boat. My vote boat. Oh, yeah. 
I vote okay. vote. Cool. Uh, vote vote. Okay. Uh, do we want to keep a low profile? Uh, uh, Cherish is pur I'm purple. purple. <laughs> I'm purple, so we could travel separately if you want. <laughs> Wear a hat. You guys could get on the boat, cloak. and then like ten minutes later, I could get on the boat. <laughs> Uh, wear a hood. It's the horns, horns. go straight up, my dude. I mean, I guess that's true. <laughs> All right, get rid of the horns. You'd be like Hellboy. I don't uh. know who that is. Does this? Who's this Hellboy? Does he? Is he another tiefling? Yep, he's a tiefling. <laughs> mm -hmm. Technically. Technically. Anyway, anyway, let's get on this yeah. boat. <laughs> yeah, or let's charter this boat. Shotgun. Okay. So you can charter a boat, essentially just paying a local fisherman or some kind of merchant who is going back and forth to take you on either as partial crew or as passengers. If you're just passengers, you're not expected to do anything aboard the ship, but you are paying more. If you're partial crew, you're expected to work, but you pay less. I mean, might as well just become passengers and not have to do anything i was gonna say the opposite the which is that i'll be a passenger but i'll still do work on yeah. the what's, the, what's the price difference yeah so it is going to be three gold a piece if you just want to be passengers and it is one gold a piece if you want to work while you float well i know what i'm doing i'm gonna be a passenger <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I guess the the thing is is like Cherish can't do a lot of like like boat labor because a lot of that include like requires being strong and boy is she squishy. Um but I think yeah, so I'm gonna be a passenger as well, but like, you know, she's gonna be like, Hey, you know, if, if shit goes down, I will help defend this boat because I got magic powers and shit. Well yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't kidding. Tears is going to be a passenger, but then is still going to offer to do stuff on the <laughs> boat. Okay, very well. Grawl? <sighs> is there a nice room on... Like, like, is there, no, are there, okay. rooms? there are no rooms it's just, on this boat. It's just going to take a couple hours. Uh, is no. there a nice seat? No, days. No. Oh, is it the far away? Yes. Okay. That's oh, okay, fine. Right. Uh, Grawl will be a passenger as well. Okay. So, everyone paying for passenger rates, uh, though Tirza offers up to work as well on board the ship. I'll pay you three gold, and I'll do stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Tirza, <laughs> could you give me a boatsmanship role? Oh my god, what skill is that? It is probably be a strength-based skill, but I'm guessing you don't have proficiency in any kind of water-based vehicles. I don't. I was just assuming I'd be lifting heavy stuff. Right. But it's also a matter of whether or not you're in other people's way or what precisely they okay. have you doing. Okay. Um, do you want me to just roll straight strength or yep. athletics? Just straight strength. All right, I'm still pretty good at that. 21. 21. All right, yeah. You make yourself very useful aboard this large fishing vessel that you all find yourselves on. 
It is a trawler, essentially. It moves back and forth between the tower and lake and Crescent's Edge with a big net cast behind it catching in large scores of fish. There is quite a bit of work to be done aboard the ship in terms of hauling rope and making sure that everything is ship-shape, as it were. And since Tirza is oh so good at taking direction, it actually goes very well. <laughs> oh, boy. Sick burn. That's... Who needs therapy when you have boats? <laughs> Not untrue, though. Boat therapy. So, as you begin traveling... The rocking of a boat is very different from the slow pull of a barge. So I need all of you to make constitution saving yeah, throws. As the boat gets a rockin'. Man. Constitution. Frankly, my worst well. Getting all these good rolls out on this boat. <laughs> 14. To a certain extent, it doesn't matter how bad I... Or, Wait, did I say, what did I say? 14. 14. Oh, 18. Sorry, I rolled a 14 plus 4. Cool. Because I have proficiency with constitution saving throw. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, I, got a, I got 11. Cool. Dirty 20. Dirty 20. Grawl? Yeah. Grawl don't like boats. Grawl does not like boats, oh, it turns no. out. Oh. Uh... Lake Quelio is so big that there are tides and waves within this lake. you got to think Great Lake in terms of scale. So once you get out into the deep water of Lake Quelio, there is the roll of being on a boat in deep water. And as soon as you're full sail, you can see Grawl's skin go from its fine sheen of white to a faint green. <laughs> And, oh Grawl, you quickly find yourself at the edge of the boat, puking whatever rations you manage to scrape together. <laughs> can So I can use my... Uh, I can use Lay on Hands to treat a sickness. Would nausea be a sickness? Nausea would be a symptom. Unless your Lay on Hands can stop water from going up and down. It can't do that yet. <laughs> I think, yet. I think Cherish at one point goes out and is just sort of like 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 rubbing crawls back like it's yeah. okay, buddy. <laughs> it's okay. Nobody thinks any less of you. <laughs> and Sin thinks less of me. And in your head you hear Maz say, and I think less of him. <laughs> Doesn't know that. This is a weakness you can exploit. <laughs> Kill him now. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Uh. So, as we move into the second day of travel, Grawl finds himself at the railing of the boat, heaving away. And at this point, you're at that like that dry heaving stage where it's like hmm. that's the worst part. <laughs> But since you are at the railing of the boat, I need you to make a perception check. Yeah. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's 17. Ooh. Okay. Staring out into the water in a brief moment of calm as the ship sort of levels out slightly, coming down off of a dip, you're just like whew, trying to catch your breath. 
you see something running along beside the boat. A shimmering form moving parallel to the ship. Hmm. Okay. Do I recognize this form? Or is this just like a like a like a light kind of it, it almost looks like light reflected off of water, but it is clearly moving in a sinuous shape parallel to the boat. Okay. And as you watch, you see this hump appearing in the water beside the ship, and then this huge arc of what looks like also water coming up out of the lake itself and then going back in. There's no splash, there's no real disturbance, but what you see is an archway of water appearing as though it's moving parallel with the boat and then dipping back in. How far away is this happening from the boat? Is Probably like, 15, 20 feet. Like, okay. Also, you're like 20 feet up. You're on the deck of a ship. Okay, cool. Uh... Uh, uh, um, guys, guys, hmm? water's doing it's weird water. There's weird water. Look, girl, out there. I, you, I told you, you need to be looking at the horizon, not the water. I, I get that, but the water is down where I was throwing up, and there's weird light things happening with the water. It just came out of the water doing a. <sighs> I, I go. I walk over to the railing, and a couple of the fishermen are coming over as well, like looking down, and you all see this shimmering form moving through the water, and occasionally uh, it will it will separate itself from the lake, it and then in that strange arch, move parallel with the ship, and then dip back in. Do I know what this is? Give me an Arcana roll. Ooh, I was about to do that. I'll do one too. Also. Sure, go for it. I mean, no, no, no. Oh, no. dang. 16. Nice. <gasps> Ooh. Uh, oh, baby. No, wait, hold on. Thir 23. Um, and I <laughs> 21. I got what um, Elliot got, but minus 20. <laughs> 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 Sid has a minus 20 intelligence modifier. <laughs> oh, that's so, Sid, that's, real that's some real weird water. Yeah, never seen that before. <laughs> the rest of you would recognize this thing as a water elemental. Ooh. Elemental creatures on a whole are not unheard of in the valley. They tend to maintain their existences away from civilization. So seeing one this close to shore in Lake Quelio is maybe a little weird. Tirza, you would know that these things are a fixture of the lake. They tend to be docile for the most part, unless provoked, and they will also protect areas of power. You know, the closer you get to the crescent, the island in the center of the lake, the more numerous and dangerous these elementals become. Hmm. Like dolphins. Except with the power thing. <laughs> Cherish, you would know that elementals on a whole are made by basically the presence of errant magic. If magic is let loose in the world in some form or another, whether that be some kind of 
fixture, like the tower or Stormhaven for that matter, it has the chance of populating the natural landscape around it with elementals. Okay. The older an elemental is, the more powerful it becomes. To the point where ancient elementals can even be the source of enough magic to create smaller elementals. Oh, cute. That is very, very rare, though. Yeah. Is there such thing uh, as a wine elemental? Just curious. It would take a brewery of exceeding age to create a wine or ale elemental. It is not cool. impossible, though. Sweet. Nice. Awesome. Just curious. Reed wanted to know. Girl, girl doesn't care. <laughs> so. For science. And the fishermen all, like, look at this elemental and begin, like, smiling and nodding to themselves. Apparently, among their circles, it's good luck to have an elemental running along the side of your ship. Oh. What a nice interaction. Yeah, it's kind of cute. I'm sure that this whole trip is going to be great. And nothing mm-hmm. bad's going to happen. So that another day passes, and eventually you see the far shore of Lake Quelio coming into view. And it, it's only another day's travel before you reach there. In this short little time, the fishermen aboard the ship mostly stay out of your way. Tirza, with your offer of help, you definitely ingratiate yourself into their ranks and... By the trip's end, you are getting rough pats in the backs from smelly fishermen as they say, Oh, you're a natural fit for the water. Turns <laughs> turns out you Jarashir crazies aren't all bad. I take that for the compliment it was clearly meant to be. <laughs> there was definitely on the second day a few like hesitant questions about the Jarashir from these townies who don't know any better, but once you start explaining uh, at least on a surface level the way your people operate, there's definitely a softening among the fishermen who are just like, oh, yeah. oh we never bothered to ask. We just didn't and, know. Yeah. Uh, and I will also just mention, like, um, any like, we... I don't know. Tears is just like super, super blatant and honest with all of their questions and like isn't uh, not that she would necessarily have like sidestepped any of these questions before, but now she's just like I don't know, not incredibly happy with the Jarshir right now so So not gonna shy away from The fishermen find out that the Jarshir do not in fact steal children from local villages Mm-hmm. They also mm-hmm. find out that the Jarashir do not, in fact, uh, make blood sacrifices to the storm in the middle of Lake oh, Quelio. yeah. No, we don't no, do no. that. They Anymore. also find out that you're not personally responsible for the stormlights, though that was apparently a rumor. Oh. Um, they also find out that you are, they... in fact, human, as opposed to what most of them believed, that all the Jarashir were some kind of strange storm elementals. Oh. Uh, if they ask any questions about the stormlights, I definitely tell them that the old mage does it. <laughs> and when you say that, there's like a slap from one of them onto the one who asked that's chest and says, See, I told you, it was the old mage. <laughs> Everybody knows Hope- that. Hope that rumor doesn't spread. Or maybe I do. Whatever. Apparently that's like one of the common 
things cool. people attribute the, to the old mage is the stormlights. But some crazy rumors around the lake pop up every once in a while. Yeah. So yeah, you've uh, you've succeeded in breaking down barriers and uh, demystifying some of these fishermen from crazy rumors about the Jarashir that they apparently had heard. Nice. Now to convert them. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a religion check. Mm. Aren't you good at this? No. Uh, yeah. It's the in only intelligence thing I'm even sort of good at, but... Uh, uh, sorry, I can't read. 15? Okay. By the end of the third day... Most of you are feeling pretty good about this journey. Like, nothing's really occurred other than the bit on the second day with the water elemental. Grawl, by the third day, you're finally starting to feel a little bit better. Uh, thanks to some advice from some of the fishermen saying, like, Oh, you just need to get some water in you. You'll stop feeling better. And by the end of the third day, though, Tirza, you've talked to enough of these guys that at least one of them seems a bit more interested about the Jarashir as, like, a concept. And he's... Yay. This young human fisherman who approaches you, and he says, so it, it's really all about um, worshipping the storm, right? It's about the, the power, the majesty of it. It's nature. It's magic. It... it is scary and chaotic and dangerous, but so is life. And the only way to have any real knowledge in this world is to accept that. And then you can move on from there. And the, the young fisherman is definitely like noddling along as you're saying all of this. And this is a guy that's probably still like two or three years older than you. And he's just like, you know, that that makes a lot of sense. That's there's no we live in so much fear in the valley and I just want people to know that they don't need to fear anymore. Well, that's good on you, Miss Tears. I might make myself a trip up to what was the place you were from called? Utbari. I might be making a trip up there, see if I can't learn a bit more. Uh, and I give him, like, a recommendation for who to talk to if he goes up there. Okay. Um, so, at the beginning of the, or just near the end of the third day, close around to sunset, you start pulling into dock at Crescent's Edge. Crescent's Edge is a huge fishing town. It is a trade port, but mostly it thrives on what resources can be culled from a combination of Lake Quelio and the Eastwood. It is a thriving little city, though. It's nowhere near the metropolis that Stormhaven is, but it definitely has a few thousand in terms of its population, and... There is plenty to see and do in the city of Crescent's Edge, if you so choose. So, as you disembark, 
the fisherman thank you for your coin and for your service. And the captain of the fishing boat, Tirza, definitely tries to give you back a few gold. Uh, I don't take it. I'm not going to take it. Okay. At which point you are all off on the docks of Crescent's Edge, and it is closing in on twilight. It is bitterly cold this close to the lake. The winds coming off of Lake Quelio are f- fierce and bitter at this time of year. Because I believe, if my calendar is correct, this should put us at the 19th day of the month of salt. That sounds right. Because we got to the tower on the 16th of salt. Yeah. And you left the next day, so... Yeah. Tomorrow will be the 20th day of salt, but for now, you have, uh... Yeah, you've reached Crescent's Edge. What do you do? Um, do you... Cherish, do you think that you've, uh, come to the re- realization that you, Liet, came to of, like, the best way to find these... Like, are you being inconspicuous, or are you just being, like, come at me, cultists? I mean, as the running joke goes, I'm purple. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, other than that, I'm not really trying to... Draw attention? Okay. Well, no, I'm not I'm not trying to not draw attention. Mm-hmm. Okay. If that makes sense. I'm just sort of, like, just doing, doing, my, doing my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like, I'd like to find a magic shop and, or some sort of arcane establishment. Kind of wishing that we had a Duskwalker import and export TM up here, but... Hmm. I can fix that. Bananas. Mm-hmm. How? This is uh, character. We just need... Oh, before I left uh, uh, Stormhaven, uh, Omatep came up to me. He said, Sid, I like you the most. Um, and here's why. Uh, I'm going to give you this. Not sure that was give you this card. The story. Uh... I mean, it, it seemed important at the time. Um, <laughs> the time being now, as I'm telling you it. Um, so, uh, basically, if uh, can perform a ritual spell, all I need is five gold, mm-hmm. one banana, and chalk. Which I'm pretty sure we can find all of that here. Yeah, a banana. Oh, for Alexander. I yes. guess. I mean, I've I haven't done it yet, but um, it would be good to have one for him, regardless. That's, true. That's true. Well. So I guess we find those things. Okay. Bananas are are fairly common. They're common-ish. This far north, they're definitely harder to come by. They're more of a drylands thing. Yeah. That makes sense. But if you go searching and. Especially this late in the evening, and this late in the season, it's definitely more difficult to find. And the yeah. when you finally do find someone who's willing to, like, A, a fruit vendor who's still open this time of day, and B, one yeah. with bananas that seem ripe-ish, you find that they are severely jacking up the price of Dryland's bananas in this part of the world. Yeah. So, if you want to... I mean, you paid... I was just about to say, you paid for passage, right? Or no, you paid for the tents. I paid 
Well, yeah, yeah I guess we all paid our own way, and I paid for the tents. I'll buy. I'll buy the banana. Okay. Uh, as soon as you approach the vendor, who is this uh, homely-looking halfling woman, she'll like give you a once-over, up and down, kind of eyeing you, and say, five gold." Um, I'd like to talk her down. Uh, I'd like to say in halfling. Wait, do I speak halfling? Yeah, I do speak halfling. I'd like to say in halfling. How about let's? How about how does three sound? And a light will open up in her eyes, and she'll say, "Oh, so you speak the home tongue?" And she'll switch over to halfling. Mm-hmm. And. She'll say that's not a language that any of the rest of us can speak, right? No, one hundred percent not. Like, hell no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the like, two usually only halflings can speak that. Am I not wrong? You are absolutely not wrong. So the fact that <laughs> Sid knows it, there's a story behind that, and I like to know what it is. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. I've met quite a few halflings in my line of work. It's true. I guess so. But why one of them would share their language with you is a. Uh, involved story, I'm sure. Yes. Girlfriend. So, Sid and this halfling woman begin to dicker with each other in a language that none of you understand. Sid, give me a persuasion roll. Yeah. Now, I'm speaking uh, in halfling. Do I get advantage on this? No. Okay. Because it's made her bargain all the harder because this is an ancient halfling tradition oh okay gotcha so i'm probably familiar with this uh uh right (laughs) 28 so you go back and forth and for the rest of you this goes on for a solid 15 (laughs) minutes They're just exchanging quick little barbs and numbers. And at a certain point, if you made a high enough intelligence roll, you might have a firm grounding in halfling after this conversation. (laughs) You can at least count through most of the numbers. By the end of it, though, and there's this just almost warlike struggle as you bargain back and forth. She eventually gets you down to five silver and a smile. Uh, I give her a big smile. I say, now that's a deal I can go with. (laughs) And she'll switch back to common and say, I haven't had a good back and forth in the home tongue in quite some time. And she'll just hand you the banana. Me too. Oh, thank you. And then hold out a hand for the money. I, I give her the money. Okay. She pockets the silver and gives you a wink, Sid, and says, oh, and thank you very much. The pleasure was all mine. You now have your banana. All right, now we need chalk. I think someone must have gone to buy chalk in that 15 minutes. I thought you chalk. had chalk. Do I have chalk? Yeah, I thought you did. You couldn't write it on cloth because chalk doesn't write very well. I remember on cloth. Uh, no, that, that was charcoal. Yeah, I wrote. Oh, yeah. I wrote with it on charcoal, which I don't have anymore because it's just burnt wood. Yeah. Slash arm. <laughs> no, I got it off the cart that I set on fire. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, but no, I do not have any chalk. 
I feel like they got to sell it here. Yeah. Probably at like a magic shop. That seems like a magic-y thing. They use chalk, right? Wizards? You could find chalk pretty easily. This close to the docks, there's all manner of shops and stuff. And as you grow into darkness, the the lamps here are being lit by a bunch of like young 12, 10-year-old children running from lamp to lamp with these long sticks with a little bit of sparking magic on the end. It looks like they've got these big long sticks with essentially sparklers on the end. And they'll run over to these tall lampposts and poke their sticks up. <sighs> Finally, so lamps that are not creepy. <laughs> I like the, I like the creepy little lamps. Wax boys. And I you like could very easily words. find chalk for uh, a silver gets you a nice stick of chalk. Okay. Um... All right. Uh, are we supposed to do it in any specific place? No, not that I know of. Um, what, do we, what do do we just draw a circle with the chalk, or uh, how how did um, how did Omentep explain it to me? He didn't. He handed you a card that on the back oh. of which explained basically it has a small picture and a list of things, and the picture shows you a circle. With a little curve in the center of it, uh, which probably represents the banana. A hand just to the left of it with a red slash across the palm. Does it say... And the list of items is chalk circle, banana, five gold, investiture of blood. Right. Forgot about that part. So, um, do you just want to do this here or should we like, I don't know. I mean, we're in the middle of the street. Like we're kind of in people's way. Like we should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's do our blood thing. magic somewhere else. <laughs> Why don't we get a room somewhere and we'll, um, we'll do the ritual there. So you want to go find, just yeah. find a rooms at an inn? Yeah, it is getting late. Yeah. Might as well. Okay, so traveling around, you try to find an inn. Uh, are you looking for upscale, low scale? What is the quality of inn you are trying to find? Well, I'd like a Grawl is definitely looking place. for an upscale one. Grawl can sleep by himself then. He usually does. I think oh, he intends to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, go. I. That's not what I meant. All right. <laughs> Yeah, something like you know, I don't, I don't need the Ritz Carlton, but I'd also like something better than a Motel Six. Okay, so you're looking for a moderate, fair place, and you yeah. find a inn by the name of the Leering Horde. Yeah. That one's not nearly That's, as fun as the previous two. There's there's definitely like a joke there amongst the town folk though, where mm -hmm. they like drop the D. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're dropping the D. <laughs> Ayo. <laughs> so it's a sex hotel, but it's a nice one. <laughs> no, the the sign outside seems to have this big swinging little wooden sign that shows this big up-in-arms group of hobgoblins, their ruddy skin 
painted with this like garish orange red and their eyes are all this like bright coppery red that seem to be inlays on the side and they're staring down at whoever's coming in but then on the opposite side of the sign that's all the same hobgoblins all holding beers with big smiles on their faces <laughs> I look at this sign and it's like I, mean... I wanted to be offended I really did but they're having such a good time in we go <laughs> Maybe it'll feel like home. I don't know. Not enough stone for that. Grawl. So getting rooms at the Leering Horde is not hard. As a medium cost place, rooms here cost you five silver per night. And what are the rooms like? Like, are there double bedrooms? There are rooms of all shapes and sizes. There are single, just like, basically just a box with a bed in them that you can rent out for the evening. Um, but they're still, like, fairly nice. But there's as many... The uh, most beds they have to a room is three, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just... I, I don't know what we, how we want to divide up. Are we just going to have our own rooms again? We can. They there's also they have up to three beds in a room. Mm, I would not mind having my own room, actually. Yeah, I could do that too. I know it's an option. Okay, so you each get your own rooms. This is not the busy season, so it is very easy to acquire rooms for you all. Great. The Leering Horde is also not a particularly busy inn. It seems as though the downstairs here has a couple of regulars and maybe only one or two staff. Okay. So okay. where are we doing this blood ritual? Uh, I don't Sid's know. room. Yeah, all right. my room. Party in Sid's room. Okay. Woo-hoo! So you all pile into Sid's room. It's a small, simple affair with a chest of, like a, a locked trunk that you have access to at the foot of your bed. A small bed, a uh, little desk off to the side, a window overlooking the street. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's basically it. So you all get into this room. It's a little crowded, but you can all do it. Cool. Uh, all right. I draw the circle on the floor. Okay. Um, Put the banana in it. Mm-hmm. Nina, and then I look at each of you. I pull out my dagger, and I say, "Who wants to do it?" You're Omatep's favorite. You should do it. Okay, and then and like not even not even flinching, I cut my hand. Okay. Um, and I take five gold out of my out of my wallet and I hold it over because there wasn't any further instructions. Nope. I hold it over the circle. You like have the gold in your bloody hand mm-hmm. and you hold it over the circle? Yeah. Okay. You can feel the blood running through the little like rough edges of the coinage and moving down through your fingers the blood begins to drip down into the circle and there is a Long moment where absolutely nothing happens. God, this is going to be... I'm going to be so mad if this doesn't work. Maybe set it down? In the circle? Okay. I put down the gold coins. 
in the circle. Five bloody golden coins are placed down into the circle. And as soon as you place them all there, there's a... And you feel the snapping of energy and the sealing of air. And the circle will light up with a bright green light. Sweet! And then just as soon as it came, the light will vanish. And at your window, you'll hear a... Tap, 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 tap. Uh, I'll go open it. And sitting on the windowsill is a small black and white capuchin monkey staring at you quizzically. Uh, Hello, Alexander. Alexander will nod solemnly at you and then scamper down, just leap in through the window, like kind of waddle over to the circle, uh, grab the banana, begin peeling it and munching on it. He'll look down at the gold and, like, make a disgusted little scrunchy face and then look around. He'll walk over to the bed, grab a pillow, shake the pillow out of its case. With the pillowcase, he'll walk over and begin cleaning the blood off of the gold coins. All the while, he's still munching on this banana. And he's, like, accomplishing the cleaning with his, like, ambulatory feet and hands and, like, cleaning off the blood. He'll look up at okay. you look up at you with a look that just says, What's wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, you know who you work for, I I say to the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> the monkey will just shake his head, finish off his banana, like grab the gold, shove the now clean coins into the banana peel, and sort of like twist it up and wrap them together, and he'll tuck it under one arm and then gesture for the whoever wants to to follow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Follow Wait, Alexander window? anywhere. <laughs> yes, out the window. Okay. okay. All right. So Alexander leaps off of this, uh, out, out the window and onto a vined trellis that goes down from the second story where this room is and, like, begins crawling down. I follow him. Okay. Out the window. I I do, too. Yeah, I, I'll do that as well. How big is this window? Big enough to crawl out of. Okay. I shout up to Grawl, lock the door behind you. How, 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 do you, how do I lock it? The lock is on the inside. I have to stay on the inside to lock the door. You're going out Never the mind, window. Never mind, figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Oh, that. Yeah, mage hand. Boom. I go lock the door. Okay. From from with with my butt hanging out the window. I need everyone to give me acrobatics checks as they clamber oh, out yes. the window. Oh goody. Oh hey, that wasn't bad. Oh, that's not, yeah, that's not terrible. Eighteen. Sixteen. Fifteen. Alright. That's gonna be oh what would that be? like a hundred. Uh, <laughs> like oh, <laughs> okay. You um, all make it down the the trellis very easily, and when you finally make it down to the alley, Alexander will keep on moving, always about 10, 15 feet ahead of you, and just gesture with a hand like, come on, idiots. <laughs> and he'll scamper down this alleyway towards a sharp right turn. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Following Alexander, he cuts deeper into the city proper. Um, Streets that you 
unfamiliar with, you're zigging and zagging. He'll occasionally cross main thoroughfares, and he'll scamper in front of a, a handsome cab and just, like, skitter out of the way of these pounding hooves of horses. And you're always constantly a little bit behind the monkey, and just his stark black and white fur is a real indicator, and you're able to follow him fairly easily. But there's always, like, half a second of, oh, where'd he go? Oh, okay, there he is. Follow that monkey. Eventually, he'll lead you around a corner in an alley, and you can see that this is located behind a butcher's shop. And at the back of the butcher's shop, you see a low, dull, lit sign that looks as though it has been stolen and recreated from a thousand other signs in a garish, multifaceted typeface. It says, Duskwalker Import and Export TM. There is a green door, the color of which matches the same glow as the circle. And on either side of the door is a couple of glass-encased flame lamps that are burning brightly. See? It works! And Alexander will waddle on up to the door and, like, gesture with his head. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go in. So... You all have seen Duskwalker import and export before. You have been there in the streets of Stormhaven. Mm-hmm. An oddity of the city is that Duskwalker import and export was never quite where you remembered it used to be in the Mason's Way district. Seeing it here, a long, long way from Stormhaven, is an abrupt and interesting surprise that I don't know how yeah. your characters all react to this. I'm assuming it's ov- it is obviously similar enough that it is clear that it's the same important export. It is and not just a the different exact storefront. same storm fr- like storefront yeah. as you've seen in Stormhaven. Yeah. I think I think that Cherish probably gleans like we did a blood ritual. So something happened with that. So that's there's something connected there, and so it's maybe maybe not. I don't know. It's it's definitely odd, but like, okay, that's right. Bless you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. Oh my god, you didn't sneeze into the microphone, and that's what counts. Yeah, snuck up on me. I. Yeah, I think Sid is, I mean, he was told that this would work, so he's happy that um, I didn't cut my hand open for for, for nothing, but. Um, oh, speaking still, of, I, seal, I heal Sid's hand. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you use one point of lay on hands. Um, but it's still it's still weird. I'm still a little weirded out. I mean, I'm always a little weirded out by Omatab. But like Fair. it becomes charming after a while if you spend enough <laughs> time. Okay. So you will all approach the entrance to Duskwalker Import and Export TM. And I think it is at that point, just before you enter this strangely relocated edifice of a familiar store, that we will take our break. And when we return. Perhaps we shall learn, how did it get here? 
Greetings, my friends. Omatep Duskwalker here, owner and proprietor of Duskwalker Import and Export TM. And you know, I feel like I've had a really weird dream the last few weeks. It just keeps happening. I keep seeing this big open space with all sorts of twinky little stars out in the distance. And here's the kicker. I haven't been on a spell jammer in like decades, so I don't know where all of this is coming from. Eh, well, I don't want to bother you with my weird dreams. I'm here today to talk to you about Elven Chainmail, some of the finest armor that an adventurer can buy and then slap onto their torso. Made famous for saving that one halfling that one time. I forget his name. You too can be saved by a shiny fancy shirt made of rings of steel for the low, low price of 1,576 gold. This chainmail, when worn, gives you a plus one to your armor, can you believe it? And you can wear this stuff even if you are not considered proficient with medium armor, because that is what it is, being chainmail, you know. I'll be honest, I personally prefer the dwarven stuff, but if you want to look good and be protected while doing it, you cannot do finer than elvish chainmail. Any takers? Come on, this stuff's great. You don't like getting stabbed, do you? Ah, well, let's get you back to the action. And welcome back to Material Components. When we last left our heroes, they had summoned an otherworldly shop using blood magic. I'm sure it's fine. As you do. Typical Wednesday. Yeah. So, yep. you enter Duskwalker Import and Export TM. Alexander rushes past whoever opens the door first and immediately throws the banana peel he's been carrying into a pile just to the left of the door with a small sign in front of it that says banana peels one gold uh is it still kind of like wrapped up the way it was no he'll unwrap it and like jangle the gold a little bit and throw the banana peel away and then he'll walk over to a small tube just next to the pile of banana peels and begin inserting the gold. And you'll hear this shoop, shoop, shoop every time he puts a little piece of gold into it. I was hoping that the banana peels all had five gold in them. (laughs) (laughs) And Alexander will wave you all forward and begin leading you through the unbelievable sights of Duskwalker import and export. You move through the tall, astounding racks of things that you're met with when you first enter the store, looking like some kind of big warehouse. The ceiling will slowly diminish as you move further into the store, and eventually you are going to find your way towards that smaller area that looks like some kind of eldritch bodega. Mm -hmm. But... As you're approaching that, the sights and smells of Duskwalker import and export sort of always grasping for your attention. You're constantly looking around as you see some new object of magnificence or importance or just something that catches your eye. I want each of you to name one thing that you see in here that you want but can't afford right now. Hmm. Oh, gosh. It can be anything. 
Um, a cloak of displacement. Okay. Well, whatever that one was that like gives you like advantage on dexterity, like saving throws. Right. You do see a a cloak made from the hide of a displacer beast over on one off to one side on a small rack. Its price tag with a few too many zeros. How crazy can I get with this? As crazy as you want. This is Duskwalker. Oh Export Export. my god! <laughs> what does Garal see? Um. Okay. Uh. Off. Like. Like in. So like in the rafters. Like way up. Mm-hmm. Um. There's a thing suspended by chains, and it's horizontal. It's a large kind of what he assumes is like a suit of armor. But it looks very like I don't know. It looks like it'd be hard to fit a person in there. But I don't know. It's very. It's got like yellow eyes, and it's got like a red shield and some sort of like thing on its hip. I don't know. It's all white and blue, and it's really, it looks like a suit of armor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I Cr- don't know. Crystalline veins run down its shoulders and arms. You see a. Small, like, little antennas sticking out of its head. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, it definitely, you get the sense that uh, if someone were to, it's some kind of golem suspended in the sky above you. You're not quite sure what its purpose is. But yeah, you definitely yeah. see a Gundam. Um, yeah! It, perfect. Perfect. I when you when you first started describing that I assumed it was Monolith Prime and I got really excited. <laughs> My brain started at Monolith Prime and then went and then just reverse engineered it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So tears of cherish what do you see? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> Trust your feelings. What's the first thing that comes into your brain? your feelings you know it to be true um indecisiveness this doesn't have to be a player or a character decision it can be both what what is the first thing that leaps into your brain in terms of like you're walking through a magic item store you turn and you see what two of those actually If you don't come up with something in about 10 seconds, I'm going to just name some stuff. I know, this is so horrible. Um, <laughs> you, this, if we are the two worst people, this question I know, this is of. horrible. Um, oh, wait, just kidding. Um, mine is the pendant from the never, never-ending story. Because <laughs> it's made out of interlocked snakes. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you're passing oh, what wow. looks like a a giant stuffed rabbit, but it's way too long to be a rabbit. And it's got more of a doggish face, but it's definitely oh. like some rough taxidermy. Oh, excellent. Does that mean Omatev killed it? <laughs> oh no. It's up in the air. Well, <laughs> not anymore. It's not. Not anymore. No. Cherish what yeah. you see. As you're walking towards the bodega is a large globe that looks like a 
like a geography globe at first. But as it slowly spins on its pedestal, you can see that it's hollow on the inside. And that as it slowly turns, you can see that it reveals another layer. But as that layer turns, it reveals another layer. And as that layer turns, it reveals another, and another, and another, until you see that this is a nesting globe with nine spheres within it. And it seems to be a map of the hells. Mm. Cool. Can I look at it? You glance briefly at it, but there's a small partition rope off to the side. Um, and it's in this section that is under uh, labeled Cruel and Unusual Geography. <laughs> well, driver, pull down the partition, please. <laughs> Get it, Beyonce? Anybody? <laughs> Alexander will shake his head at the reference and gesture you forward. (laughs) It's in fiction. As you move forward, you know you're pretty getting pretty close to the bodega-ish area, which is like the the nerve center of this store. And I need everyone to make perception checks. Now I have an idea for an item. Yeah, I've thought of a few since... I just got a net 20. Nice. Oh, shit. 15. Total well, situational. Oh, wait. Dirty 20. Uh, 14. Okay. So you all slow down as you hear voices coming from deeper inside the shop. And Alexander definitely pauses as well and glances back at the four of you and glances forward. Not quite sure what to do. Tirza, Mm -hmm. you hear Omatep's slightly panicked voice saying, Look, I I told you, I I have no idea where she is. I I couldn't tell you even if I wanted to. Um, And I kind of uh, hiss to the others like, Omatep is in trouble. Uh, we have to help him, but we have to do some, or but we have to be quiet. Okay, well, let's go. Yeah, uh, yeah, let's go. Sid, Grawl. Cute oh, yeah. Scooby Doo music. You, are you kidding me? Yes, I sneak. I you you say Omatep is in trouble. Let's be stealthy, and then you look over at Sid, and he's already like fifteen feet in front of you. <laughs> How does he? Do yeah. That? The the we have to be quiet thing was mostly to Tirza who has disadvantage on stealth check. So are you all attempting to sneak forward? Yes. yes. Then I'm going to need stealth checks. Stealth check. Alexander will do so as well. Oh hell. Stealth. Dexterity. Yes. That's another fifteen. Just That's sort of exactly middle, the same role. Dirty middle 20. Of, middle of the board today for Cherish. Well, Tears have gotten 11. So. Okay. Half quiet. Sid? You know, if, if you think about it, with my bonus, I got 11. Grawl uh... and Cherish? I actually got a 15. Okay. I got a dirty 20. I'm I'm stealthy as, as I'll get out. And Alexander got a 17. So, thankfully 
four out of five ain't bad. And as you push forward... Usually I'm not on this end of the spectrum, but, you know, it's fine. Sid, you press forward, maybe a little too hastily, at the word Mm -hmm. of Omatep's danger. And as you round a corner of this shelf, and you come onto the bodega proper, you almost run headfirst into the back of an armored figure. You stop immediately as Alexander, like, leapt up and grabbed your belt with his front two hands and grabbed the, like, railing of a shelf with his back two paws, and you were stopped just behind this guy. He seems to have not known you were there, and still doesn't. A single cup rattles on the shelf, and Alexander, like, stops it with his tail. (laughs) Very good. We're all holding our breath. But you seem to have been unnoticed. And as you, like, slowly take a step backwards, you appraise the situation as your companions come around the corner behind you and see what's happening. There are five shelves, each of which is about ten feet long, that separates you from the main counter of Duskwalker Import and Export. The shelves themselves are only about shoulder height, so you can see over them. There is a figure standing just in front of you, in the aisle that leads towards the counter. It is a tall figure that looks vaguely elvish from behind. At least its long pointed ears definitely give you that impression. Though its exposed skin is this mottled green brown. It's wearing strange armor that is mostly looks like it's made of worked silver with a large shoulder plate over one of its shoulders, but most of its bare chest and back exposed. It's wearing these large, silver, finely worked gauntlets over its forearms and hands, and most of its lower body is also covered in this silvery-looking armor. A second one of these figures, dressed very similarly, stands deeper into the shop, Both of them have hands resting on these huge silver great swords, which they have planted in the ground and ready for use. Each of the swords is probably a good four feet long, and upon the silvery metal you see rubies worked into the blade. Standing at the front of the store with its long arm seeming to have dragged Omatep across the counter and holding him, feet dangling off the ground, is a monstrosity the likes of which none of you have ever seen. It is a crouched form with pale, almost milky white skin. Its legs have reverse-jointed knees, with long, horrible toes that sort of creep out underneath its feet and sort of drag endlessly at the ground it's standing on. Its arms are these long, horrible, distended things with its hands. Looks as though they have these, like, extra joints in the fingers. And one of those clawed hands has grabbed Omatep by the front of his shirt and is hoisting him up. Its head is this long, almost draconic-looking in nature with these Weird tendrils draped around its face, framing it almost like hair. At its back, you see 
leathery wings that are fluttering ever so slightly in rage or some sort of emotion. And a long tail whips around on the ground and smashes into the floor. As this thing says in a harsh voice, We know she was here. You will tell us, merchant, or you will die. What does, do you all do? Does almost Omatep say anything to that? Or is he just... Omatep is still stammering, like, Believe me, if I knew where she was, I would tell you! Seems um, like bad news. And you see this Somebody weird, draconic creature, like, reeling back with one of its hands, and you see that it's, like, way too long fingers will have these horrible black claws in the end and it will rake one of them across Omatep's face and he'll let out a cry. Oh, gosh dang it. Okay, uh, it's, Warhammer is out, uh, shield is out, and I'm gonna throw it at the leathery thing. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna magic missile this fool. I'm gonna stab him in the back. Sid, are you attacking the knight just in front of you? Uh, yes, I'm going to attack the one in front of me. Okay. And Cherish, where's your magic missile going? Uh, at this big, horrible, this big, horrible thing. This big, horrible white thing. Okay. And Tirza, you said you were throwing your warhammer? Yeah. At I the... Have, I'm a thrown weapons master, man. At, at the weird draconic thing? Yeah. Okay. Grawl, what is your play in all of this? Yeah. <laughs> um... How close am I to hit someone with a greatsword? You are about ten feet away from the strange knight creature that is just in front of Sid. Okay. Well, I mean... <sighs> Power of friendship. We'll attack him together. Okay. Mm -hmm. It'll be so, epic. give me attack rolls and damage rolls. This is your surprise round you're getting off on these things. Grawl and Sid are attacking the strange elf-like night creature standing just in front of them. Cherish and Tirza are hurling projectiles at the strange, pale, draconic creature that has just raked their friend. I assume and hope that my 20... God, I'm bad at math. 22 will hit. 22 will hit. And I got no. 10, 10 force damage. 10 force damage. Yeah. I got a 23. 23 will hit. On the of 15. 15 will not hit. God. And I just ah! did 7. Do you have advantage? Because I don't know. You would, have, you, roll... you would have advantage on all of these attacks. Oh, okay. Because they do not see you coming. Yeah. Oh, that's much better. That's much, much better. That's a 24. 24 will hit. Very nice. I just did 7 bludgeoning damage. Okay. Damage. Well, that's not great. Damn it. Um, so mine was uh ten damage. Okay. Did I get both my attacks or just the one? Just the one. Okay. <sighs> um a paltry seventeen damage. 17, yeah, that's... <laughs> wow. 
Not, um, not good for me. Look bad. A lot of ones and twos. So, uh, you will the the thing, the night creature in front of you, will be stabbed several times. Let out a cry in a language I don't think any of you know. Um, no, you wouldn't. Um, and that will cause the pale creature to turn as it's also damaged. I know for a fact none of you speak this language. Okay. Yeah. Jersey. I speak three languages. Like seven. Yeah. I know for a fact none of them are this language. Okay. Yes. I can say that with 100% certainty. Okay. And the strange white draconic creature will turn having been damaged it will take the brunt of the magical damage that hits it but as the warhammer just like thumps off of its thick leathery hide it doesn't seem to do as much as you'd want that's okay i mostly just wanted it to be not focusing on hurting elmatep and it definitely have this thing's attention and it will stare around and i need everyone to roll initiative as it lets out a cry okay okay up Hey oh, there we Please. go. That's that's a nineteen. Good. Yes. Let me start rolling Um So Nat twenty. Well hold off on all your numbers because we oh, know how sorry. we do this. Yeah. I've never played D D before. Twenty five to twenty. Yes, natural twenty. Natural twenty. So we have fifteen to twenty. Nineteen. Fifteen. I'm like rolling so many fifteens. I'm worried. That's ten to fifteen. Ten. Ten for Sid. All right. So, at the top of the round, we have Tirza. The white creature will fling Omatep to the ground and let out a horrible shriek and shout out in a language I think only Cherish will understand. And you understand it in a way that is strange and upsetting as these words hit your ears. You hear this thing speaking in Infernal and intrinsically mm-hmm. know what it says. Fun. It says, kill the interlopers. Oh, fun. Great. I mean, that's not new information, so. Sure. But Tirza, you are up. Um, Grawl, you are on deck. Okay. Does drawing take a bonus action? Drawing a new weapon? Mm Mm-hmm. You can technically do it. I mean, I don't have one currently. Drawing a weapon you can do as part of a move action. Okay, um, then I would like to uh, uh, cast Divine Favor and uh, draw my javelin and throw it at this goofball. Okay, give me an attack roll. Uh, 20? 30, 20? 30, 20 will hit. Okay. So, three piercing damage, which I assume doesn't do much to it, but 
Um, how about four radiant damage, too? Okay, that radiant damage does a little bit. Um, okay, so anything else you'd like to do? Um. Yes, I'd like to attack again, because okay. I can do that. Can I pull out another javelin? You pull and do out the a, same thing? a second javelin and th hurl away. Yep. I just now have three weapons that I have thrown at this thing. <laughs> uh, One of them returns. Oh. Uh, next round, it Wait, will no. return. Um. Ah, uh, dang it! Eight. Eight will not hit. Yeah. Would you like to move it all? The, the, um, the spacing for how we are set up here is the main bodega area is about a 40 by 40 foot area surrounded by shelves. Tall shelves make a sinuous maze around this area. So it is possible to circle around. It just takes you a little while to hedge on through the different shelving units. Um, yeah, I'd like to move up as close to... I'd like to get up to Grawl instead, actually. Okay, that's not hard. You just scamper on up. Um, you are all at the edge of this space, basically, in, and there's one of these night things just in front of you, blocking the way in. So, that brings us to Grawl. Yes. Um, I want to I wanna smack this dude with a greatsword. Okay, you may attempt to do so. Oh, that's really, really not good. Um... Yeah, that's just, like, not going to hit, because that's, like, a nine. A nine will not hit. Does it, so, if I miss my first one, do I get to attempt the second one? Absolutely. Fantastic. <laughs> At least I can try and do something here. That's still not going to hit. That's that's a twelve. Twelve will not hit. So, you lunge forward with your greatsword, and this creature meets greatsword with greatsword, and there is a clash and clatter of steel on steel, the dark gray of your sword, almost a mirror reflection of the bright silver of this creature's sword as they clash in the air in front of you. That brings us to Cherish. Um, okie dokie. Assuming Grawl didn't want to move. Oh, that's true. No, because, yeah, nope. Okay. Or had any kind of bonus action you wanted to use. Uh, I don't think I've got... I, I don't think I want to use any... Yeah, let's put it up. Okay. I am going to cast Firebolt at... Once again, at the uh, lizard... Lizardy guy. Okay. Um, so I have to make a ranged spell attack, which I haven't done in a while. So... Hmm. Uh, oh no, that's not too bad. Uh, 19. 19 will hit. Awesome. And then that is 2d10. That is a 15. Okay. The fire splashes against this thing's hide and seems to have no effect. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it was gonna. It was. It was supposed to be eighteen because I had to add my charisma modifier. But never mind. It didn't do anything, so it's fine. Yeah, it strides through this fire and lets out a snarl, and it eyes you. And I need to make a roll as it sees you as it attacks. Great. 
I'm sure that's nothing. It's weirdly recessed eyes because its skull, the skin has been stretched super tight over a draconic skull, so it's almost horse-like. Imagine like a Beta Ray Bill type scenario with the weird clacking teeth in front with an empty space where its jowls should be. And its its eyes are weirdly recessed into its skull and the skin is stretched tight. Um, I was making a reference to a Marvel character named Beta Ray Bill. Um, it's cool. such a good name. He's an orange horse. He's an orange space horse. Yeah. He's great. I love that. Go read the comics of Beta Ray Bill. He's amazing. Anyway. Oh my god. He's so cool. And he's Thor. You didn't say he was Thor. He's also sort of Thor. He he's earned so cool. he earned Sorry. Thor's respect via combat. Awesome. <laughs> this is different podcast. A different podcast. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go listen to panel on panels. Um... <laughs> Anyway, this creature will uh, let out a shout in that same language you don't understand, and the two night-looking creatures will orient towards Cherish. Oh, great. Yeah, that's that's what I was worried about. And that bring... Uh, Cherish, would you like to move at all? Um... No. Cool. I think... She's a little freaked out, so. This thing's wings will snap open, and it will fly up and go over the (laughs) shelving units. And fly directly at you, moving 40 feet. And it will land right in all of your midst. Basically behind Tirza, Grawl, and Sid, just in front of Cherish. I love this. And it will attempt to attack you with two claw attacks. Oh, good. Those are terrible rolls. Um, Oh, thank God. So a 12 is probably not going to do it. And so that means an 8 definitely isn't. I'm like, hoo Yeah. (laughs) Um... That brings us to Sid. Did it let go of Omatep? Oh yeah, no, it, it threw Omatep on the ground. Okay. It's using Omatep as a weapon. <laughs> Omatep <No>. flail. Yeah. <laughs> but now um, okay. we are flanking. And as it flanking. as it's attacking you, Cherish, it lets out a growl in like a guttural language that. Uh, you know Draconic, yes? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and it, it is basically growling at you, Father has been looking for you. Of course. Fuck off. <laughs> but Sid, that is over to you. Um, so there I is... I have a father. <laughs> I'm, like, next to... I'm basically I'm am I in between the big the big guy and the one of his guards? Yes. Cuz I attacked one of them. Yep. Um so the strange silvery knight is just in front of you. The strange draconic creature landed behind you to attack Cherish. Um do I see anything on the shelves that I could possibly use to my advantage? 
area. Let's roll some percentile <laughs> and find out. God bless it. <laughs> Got the Gundam up on, in the rafters. So, there's a reason I left the magic item tables open on my Uh huh. <laughs> the movie shot, like, focuses in on the Gundam. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're well yeah, past no. that. Yeah. No, um, it focuses on in on the Gundam, and then it just sweeps down to him grabbing like one of the used banana peels. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like a squirt gun. Mario like Kart tiny... rolls. Yeah, there we go. So you see right next to you a large shield that seems to be glowing with a light blue. Okay. Don't really use shields, so that's not. That Super is the that is the closest thing on hand that looks shiny and cool. From where you are um, right now. From where? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm not super in. Uh. I grab it and I toss it at Tirza. Okay. <laughs> so grabbing this thing off the shelf and then tossing it to Tirza will essentially be your action. That's fine. Okay, so Tirza, give me a dexterity saving throw. If this works, I will now be just dual wielding shields. <laughs> Which is a thing I've wanted to do for a very long time. Uh, just a, a saving throw? Yes. Twelve. Twelve. Okay, you managed to catch the shield, though, a little awkwardly. Good. That makes sense, because I'm holding another shield. So, um, yeah. I don't know what you do with this, but uh, it is not your turn at the moment, so we'll find out what you do with this later. Um, it is the Strange Night Guy's turn. Could I use my bonus action? Yeah, sure. I'm going to disengage from that whole scenario. Okay. Um, sort of more... Uh, over to Omatap's area. Okay, so you want to kind of weave through the shelves towards the main counter? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you could, uh, with Disengage, you could get all the way to Omatap if you wanted to. Cool. That's what I would like to do. Okay. And you sort of scoot on past the second night guy on your way there. But mm -hmm. they don't seem to be paying much attention to you, because as you do that, they will have looked towards Cherish... And then, let's see, who notices this? Well, Grawl and Tirza definitely do, because they're standing right in front of you. Both of the strange green elf-looking dudes just vanish. Ugh. Whoa. And nah, Tirza, that. they, or not, uh, let's see, Cherish, they appear right behind you. Oh, super. As they both cast Misty oh. Step. Nothing personal, kid. Oh, shit. oh, it's. I'm. I'm sure it is. <laughs> I'm sure it's very personal. Yeah. I'm sure it's highly personal. What do you do to hurt these people? Um. So God, does does a seventeen hit? Yeah, it does. Okay. Are you talking? You are talking to me. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just making sure, I guess. And if a seventeen hit hits, then that means an eighteen definitely hits. Yeah, it does. So that is. Oh dear. Oh dear. So oh dear the first slash deals eight slashing damage. Okay. And then nine psychic damage. 
as Ooh, the uh, red uh, gemstones on this greatsword flare. Okay. The second attack. So, oh god, hold on. I can't do the math again. <laughs> Where's my phone? It's on my lap. I'm so distraught. I'm so, so stressed out right now. So the first attack total dealt 17. 17. Oh, stop. The second attack is going to be dealing 16 damage total. Nine slashing damage and seven psychic damage. I have two hit points. Oh! I can't cast shield on someone else, can I? No. That brings us no, to Tirza. So. Great. Um. Well, it was nice knowing you guys. I would. Oh my gosh! Can I tell anything about this shield that Sid just tossed, tossed to me? Besides the fact that it's glowing, does it imbue me with rage, holy power, or something? You don't know. Great. Okay. Um, you know that it is emblazoned with the symbol of an eye. It looks sort of like the eye of Horus. Hmm. Okay. Um, I guess I put Mehen. I guess I put Mehen back on my uh, back, so I'm now like turtled. Uh, you are now dual wielding shields. No, no, no! I put Mahen like I strap, like put it back in it. It's if you'd wish to stow an item that might take more actions than you're willing to use. Gosh, dang it! I can't throw it to the ground. It's my holy symbol. Gently place it. Well, I think the big problem here is that if it is your holy symbol, it becomes much harder to cast spells if I you... I can't do magic without it, yeah. yeah. Um, Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I I do think when you tossed this, she was probably like, uh, what? Okay. Um, yeah. I'm gonna put the cool shield down and because I do want to cast a thing. Um, I'm going to channel Divinity and do Storm Strike. On the white draconic creature directly behind you? Uh, e How tall are the elf guys? The weird elf guys are roughly six feet tall. Whereas the weird draconic creature is pushing like eight feet tall. And it's crouched, and it's still, like, eight feet tall. How tall are you, Cherish? Like, five, nine. Cool. I'm going to... Mm, yeah, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do Thunderous Smite instead. Oh, uh, okay. I'm gonna, going to summon one of the javelins that I had thrown and do that boy. Okay. You have advantage because you are technically flanking this creature with... Cherish. Cool. How much of a fight Cherish is putting up is a matter for debate, but... <laughs> Go get him, Tirza! <laughs> um, Grawl, you are on deck, by the way. And I'm... Uh, 24? 24 will hit. Cool. Uh, great. 
So that's five piercing damage and sorry, I forgot what thunderous or I forgot what die I use for thunderous smite. I think it's a D eight. But Thunderous Smite is two D six thunder damage. Oh, two D six, okay. Thank you. I appreciate it, Mike. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, Thunderous Smite is a concentration spell, so it will break your uh, divine favor. I hate this. <laughs> um, give me one second, then. I'm going to... Uh, Boom! Just kidding. Oh, gosh. Okay. Boom. Just kidding. This is going to uh, break my divine favor, but I'm okay with it. Okay. Uh, I'm instead going to cast Shield of Faith around Cherish. Okay, so no attack is happening? You're instead nope. casting Shield of Faith. All right. Well, mm -hmm. I will let this slide, but in the future, please don't rewrite your uh, entire turn. Uh, in the future, when you don't like the results. Um, Apologies. I just <laughs> have not memorized what my spells do, which is bad, because we've right. been playing for a while. Mm -hmm. So, Cherish, a shimmering shield covers you as gray and blue energy streams off of Tirza onto your body. You have plus two to AC for the next ten minutes, assuming oh, Tirza does not I break from concentration. Oh. I mostly just want you to, like, not die until you can get over to us, maybe? Yeah. All right. Speaking of not dying, Grawl, we are over to you. Okay, um, so... Cherish, you are on deck. Mm -hmm. uh, so the two... Um, I was engaged with one of, one of the, the elf guys who, mm -hmm. like, disappeared. Yep. How far away is Cher Cherish now? Uh, about the rest of us? ten feet away from you. The only thing separating you and Cherish is this... Horrible, scaly dragon creature thing. Okay. Um, yeah, well, he's in the way, and... God dang it, I don't... Yeah, bring it on, scaly Grossman. Um, Mr. Grossman. Um, I'm gonna try to smack him. Uh, bonus action. Does that happen before, or does that have to happen at the very end of a turn? Bonus action can happen whenever you have an ability that says use a bonus action. Bonus okay, actions cool. only exist when you have an ability that says as a bonus action. Okay, uh, so before I go smack this uh, disgusting abomination creature gross thing, uh, Wrathful Smite is going to be happening. On okay, so you cast Wrathful Smite, so when your next attack hits, your Wrathful Smite will go off. Okay. Um, yes. And... Um, so you may attack gonna, this thing's you... back, and you have advantage when you do so. Also, um, as for for being a hexblade, um, does using hexblade's curse does that count as its own thing? Does hexblade's curse consume what kind of action? I'm looking at. I don't think it uses anything. I believe it might say as a bonus action. Uh, um. 
Oh, yep, it's a bonus action. So okay, you cannot use Hexblaze Cursed and Wrathful Smite. So you have already cast Wrathful Smite. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Here we go, attack one. You have advantage on these oh. attack rolls. Perfect. Um, well, I'm sure a 22 is probably going to hit. 22 is going to hit, which means Wrathful Smite does go off. So your attack deals an additional 1d6 psychic damage. Cool. Uh, not particularly awesome. That is a 14. 14 is not going to... Or that's 14 damage. 14 damage, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that is with the extra d6 from the Wrathful Smite? Yeah. Okay. So, then it needs to make a wisdom saving throw or be frightened of you until the spell ends. Yeah, clock just fell. Don't worry about it. Okay. Well, it just botched its wisdom saving throw, so that's nice. <laughs> yes. Finally. So, yes. You Girl can scare someone that isn't a child. You yeah, slash other pale things up in the world. You slash this thing's back. It lets out a howl. There is a thunderclap as this attack hits. A crackacoom, and it will let out a shriek and stare back at you with this wide, malevolent eye that is full of fear. Perfect. Um, I want to make my second attack and see if this hits. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Um. Eighteen. 18 is going to hit. Yes. Okay. So, two. Uh, that's not great. That's 10. 10 damage. All right. It is not happy about any of this, which is going to bring us to Cherish. I cast Misty Step. Uh, oh. these, these chuckle fucks aren't the only ones who can do that. <laughs> um, and I... What? Where do you go? I Misty Step basically, like, as far as I can get towards Sid and Omatev. Okay. You're sort of in between the last two shelves before the counter. Okay. Oh, I, I mean, I guess 30 feet towards my friends. I know I have to be able to see the space that I occupy. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you're in between two shelving units. Basically, before the counter, there's a shelf in front of you, and it's it was like 50 feet away to get to them. So, um, you are about okay. as close as Missy Step could take you. If you want to use yeah. your movement, then you can get to them. Yeah, no, I'm just, I just want to use uh, Misty Step to get, like, closer to people who aren't trying to stab me. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. you do that. Um, Anything else you'd like to do? Um, well, unfortunately... Because Misty Step really is a like... bonus action. That's correct. Oh, it is a oh, it is a bonus action, isn't it? Um, I'm gonna swig a health potion. Kick ass! All right, that's a good idea. Just a uh, regular yes. old health potion. Yeah, regular health potion. Two d four plus two. Yeah. Good call. Would you like to move at all? Two d four plus two. So that's seven, which puts me up to nine. <laughs> are you gonna move at all, or you stay where you are? Um. No, I'll move. I'll move, I guess, just ten more feet. Okay. You want to get to Omatep and Sid? 
Yes. Okay. Scrambling around the shelves, you make it to Omatep and Sid, no problem. Okay. Is Omatep helping us out at all? Is he just like... <laughs> He's um, clutching... Find out. Yeah, you haven't really appraised his situation yet. Um, fine. So, that brings us to the weird draconic creature who will turn enraged and look around for its prey. It Let's see if it notices where Cherish went. Mm, that's pretty good. Uh, Cherish, roll me a stealth check real quick. Okay. Ooh, that's a dirty 20, though. Okay, that's very good, because this thing rolled a 19. Um, <laughs> yeah! So, it looks around, it can't see where Cherish has gone. And instead, it won't attack Grawl, because Grawl is scary, but it will turn and attack Tirza. So, it is going to come at Who's you. Who's not scary? Who is not scary at all. Um, 16 to hit? Nah. Okay, because you still have your shield out. Way to go. Mm-hmm. And second attack is going to be... Ooh, that's much better. 23 is probably going to do it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you are taking eight slashing damage from its clawed attacks. <laughs> Tears are just laughs. <laughs> no, she doesn't. That's very out of character. But <laughs> And she... The... Strange Draconic Creature will let out a shout in a language none of you understand, shouting at the two armored knights. Which brings us to Sid. Um, I check on Omatep. And Omatep is curled up in the fetal position, kind of clutching at his face, but you see that one of his eyes is looking like at you through his clasped fingers. You can see a bunch of blood running around his hands, but when he like looks up at you and sees that you're not surrounded by bad guys, he'll take his hands away, and you can clearly see that he's like bitten at his palm and made the blood look way worse than it actually is. <laughs> I just say, Omatep, this is really important. Is there something within the immediate vicinity that I can use to fuck these guys up? Um... Uh, and he'll, like, point behind the counter, and you can see that there is what looks like a javelin if it was made of, like, hardened lightning. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, Just be very careful oh, where you nice. throw it. <laughs> you break it, you buy it. Uh, how about... I saved your life, and we don't worry about prices here. Um, well, let's not go crazy. <laughs> um, so there's a javelin, uh, which I don't believe I have proficiency in. Um, That's a simple weapon, isn't it? Javelins, I believe, are simple weapons. Okay, great. Um, I'd like to hurl it at this, um, at that big thing. Okay. Let me double check the range on javelins real quick. It's 20 feet. 20 feet? So I need to get closer? Yeah, you would. Okay. Unless you want to take disadvantage on the attack roll. Oh, thanks. I'm good. Okay. Um, Sid, picking up all these things that Tears uses. (laughs) So... 
you grab this javelin from behind the counter. You have to leap over the counter to do so. So you use five feet of movement to do that. Then you have another 25 feet of movement to wind around these cabinets to you're trying to attack the white draconic thing. Yeah. Okay. You can easily get within range. Perfect. I like the huck, the spear at the motherfucker. Just to let you know, while you do not have disadvantage on this roll, Grawl and Tirza are both sort of in the way. So if you botch, (laughs) odds are good (laughs) that it will be friendly fire. Okay. I will wrathful smite you. Just so you, know. <laughs> That's fair. you will fear me. Just hellish rebuke. <laughs> and the uh, the javelin crackles with lightning as you hold it. Um, what is my what's my attack bonus on this thing? It would be your dexterity plus your proficiency bonus. Oh, excellent. Uh. Well, I rolled uh, 18 plus that, so... Um, cool. That be plus 23. What? 23. Oh, I'm assuming your dexterity is... Oh, no, I'm bad at math. 4 plus My... 7. It's plus 7. Yeah. Okay. Well, be so, 25. Grawl, Tirza, I need you both to make dexterity saving throws. <laughs> Lovely. Good. Good that. Actually, not bad. Holy shit. Sid, I need you to roll 8d6. Oh, shit. Nice. Fuck, uh, yes. I got a 19. And once I you got... have once you have the total for the first four, let me know. Okay. 8d6, you said? Yes, I did. There you go. Okay. I'll just roll the first four, and then I'll roll the same dice again. Cool. Not terrible. Um, what would that be? That would be... Uh, what am I adding to that? Nothing. Nothing. Twelve. Twelve? Okay. What were your dexterity saving throws, Grawl and Tirza? Mine's eighteen. Eighteen? Nineteen. Nineteen. Okay, cool. You both go dipping out of the way as there's this crack of lightning behind you. Sid, roll me the those last d4s. Okay. Come on. That's great. Um, uh, 16. 16, alright. So, lightning goes searing in between Tirza and Grawl, arcing off onto you, catching your armor slightly. You manage to duck out of the way as the javelin quickly turns into a lightning bolt for half a second as it plants itself inside this creature's body, dealing the full 28 damage to this thing, charring it, just like really cooking it from the inside out. And it lets out a horrible, like shrieking scream as it buckles over backwards and it dies. <laughs> I did most of the work. I just want you to know that. Yes! Tirza yes. and Grawl both take six lightning damage. Cool. That's okay. <laughs> and Omatep behind you said, uh, By the way, do not throw that thing if there are friends in the way. Oh, whoops. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that brings us to the Armored Knights. They will both look at each other appraise the situation, and then disappear. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) 
You don't know where they teleported to, but it is not within your line of sight. Damn. Uh, and we are essentially out of initiative. Yeah, I will go uh, give Grawl a pat on the arm, and as I'm doing that, heal his six damage with Lay on Hands. Yay! Um, I pat you on the arm, specifically where you took the damage, and it does nothing. It doesn't do <laughs> anything. In fact, it probably hurts. <laughs> I don't know, lightning damage? I feel like I should be resistant to lightning damage. And maybe one day you will be. Ah, <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> so, you all look at each other. Uh, you can also see that Cherish is easily the worst for wear here. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. go help her in a second. I just... You know, he was right there. <laughs> yeah. But you all gather around and you see the, the slowly smoking corpse of the strange draconic creature. Like, its eyes having burst from the lightning that surged through its body is just a slowly laying on the ground going, oh, just smoking. <laughs> it's like, is the body kind of like, just like steaming too? Occasionally, like, it'll let out a little twitch. Uh, I like. Uh, I was gonna say, like the electric shock, yeah. javelin, and, and return it to Omatep. Omatep will take it from you and go. Okay, well, gonna have to mark this as slightly used now. How much? Uh, uh, how much nope. for what? <laughs> that. <laughs> how much? Probably more than all, all of us have. I just want to know. I just want to know. I'm just curious. I'm an entrepreneur. He doesn't know what the word entrepreneur is. <laughs> Look at I'm it. pretty sure he also calls it an entrepreneur, like entrepreneur. He like he adds extra syllables and stuff. Yeah, this is an improved javelin of lightning. This is uh, no no offense, Grawl, my friend, but it might be a little bit out of your price range. Five thousand. Okay, cool. I just wanted to know. All right, just curious. Yeah. Grawl has many aspirations. I'm sure. It's, uh, it's now good, he has a new one. Good to see you, my friends. That is a very timely arrival on your part. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, who were they looking for? Uh, give me an insight check. Okay. It's a shame I no longer have advantage on those. <laughs> Terrible shame. Um, speaking of who they were looking for, I am going to, uh, it's very awkward, but I'm going to grab Cherish's, like, I go to, like, grab her hand, and it, and then I'm, like, don't, and then I grab, like, the wrist. It's just weird and awkward. Tears is bad at being a person. And, and Cherish is, like, like just staring at the corpse basically like middle distance like you take her like it's like almost like limp when you take her hand and her wrist like there's it's like she's not even paying attention yeah hmm. uh, but, i got a 21 on my insight 21 you see omatep's eyes flick past you towards cherish and then come back to you and he'll have like a weak grin and say honestly i have no idea well, just thought I'd ask. 
They, they certainly had their way of asking, I'll tell you what. Yeah. Look, this isn't the first okay time... Oh, no, I, I... Look, I'm fine. And he just, like, takes the bottom of his shirt and wipes his face, and, like, whatever wounds this thing dealt were superficial at best. He has a couple of scratches on his forehead, but nothing oh. that would, like, bleed. He mostly put okay. all the blood on himself. You keep Fucking weirdo. And he's just like... <laughs> No, you make them think you hurt them more than you did, and they tend to leave you alone. This is not the first time I have been held up for information in my shop, and it will not be the last. Mm, noted. <laughs> Usually Alexander is around to, like, stop these people from doing these sorts of things. I don't know where he got to, though. He was bringing us here. Oh. <laughs> Bad timing, for sure. But kind of good timing, right? But, but also kind of good timing, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, we came here to buy stuff, but... Oh! <laughs> Excellent! Um, and he, like, looks over at the smoldering <laughs> corpse and he say, uh, Can I interest you in the corpse of an Abishai? A what? A what? Uh, Abishat? Abishai is the name of the, the creature you have uh, so kindly disposed of. It is spelled uh, A-B-I-S-H-A-I. I mean, I don't need that. Oh. I don't think. Oh, well, it never hurts to ask. Only 50 gold. Like, limited time offer. You're going to charge us for that thing? If anything, we should charge you for that thing. Well, that seems unreasonable. <laughs> Did you not, in fact, find it in my store? I suppose. You can uh, look up pictures of Abishai's later. Yeah. Gross. Gross. Um, okay, fine. Uh, what What were we coming here for? What do we need? What do we, what do we need? I sort of turned back. Oh, is that, are you guys okay? Sorry. Gross. I think we came here for chalk. Chalk? No, no we had we chalk. That's how we got here. That's how we got here. I know, kind of... Yeah. Cherish kind of shakes herself off a little bit and, and it's like, no, we got, we had the chalk already. Um, uh, I had a question about a magic item. Uh, oh, yes, I do love a good magic item. Um, yeah, uh, she kind of takes off her backpack and uh, pulls out the silver feather. Hmm. Would you need that uh, identified? I'm guessing. I I know what it does. I it'll answer a question. It, it that's just all I know about it. I'd I'd like a little more information if if you have any. Well, of course, we can go use my skills of identification. Can identify any magical item from here, from Athos to well, plenty of other places. Thank you. Anyway, come, come, come. And he leads you back over to the counter. And it is there you see he has this big silver plate. And he th throws it to you and says, like... Or he gestures to you and says... <laughs> yeah, he throws the plate at your head. Throws it no. like a frisbee. What the hell, Richard? No, and he says... Uh, so, identification fee is, of course, five gold. Right. I give it to him. All right. Uh, and he gestures for you to put the feather down on the plate. Okay. And when you do, 
it the whole silver plate will begin to glow, and off of this little nodule on the end, this piece of ticker tape will start printing out. And he will tear it off after a bit, and he says, Oh, yes, I, I guessed as much. This here is a feather token. It essentially lets you cast the message spell, but over great long distances. When you speak your message or question into the token, it will deliver that message via the form of a magical silver bird to wherever it is uh, programmed to go. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Very and useful is there, item. It's, is there only one charge? Uh, yes, unfortunately. You use a feather token and poof, they are gone. Because they, of course, turn into a bird. The birds, yeah. Is there anything else I can be doing for you today? I'm more than happy to sell you any of my fine wares. I can't thank I mean, you enough for uh, saving me from this little uh, uh, kerfuffle, might we say. I am willing to give you a 10% discount for, you know, kerfuffle's d discount. Okay. Well, while we're here, we can pick up some um, healing potions. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, I was going to say, we should probably grab some more. Mm -hmm. I am your number one shop for all sorts of potions of healing. Yeah. Um, how much like are greater healing potions? Again, I forgot. A greater like healing potion. Let me pull up. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I have like six books open in front of me right now. A greater healing potion from Dustwalker Import and Export TM. Is 150 gold. Oh, 10% off? With 10% off, uh, so that'll knock it down to 135. Okay. Okay, I'll do that. Buy one. Okay. I'd like to grab two more standard ones. Okay. So those will be 45 gold apiece. Thank you. Okay. Olivia the player is really curious about that shield, but I don't know if Tirza would care about it, because I have a perfectly good shield. It's true. Anything else I can possibly get for you today? What kind of books do you have? <laughs> what kind of what now? Books. Books. Well, we have a great God, many, many books. Fun books. I could take you over to our tome section. We have uh, m many fine and interesting uh, pieces of reading literature. Anything of the magical sort? Oh, we do have a, f a few magical books here and there. Okay. Uh, I, I, I would like to take a look at them. I just like to peruse. If you're looking for some kind of wizard spellbook of one kind or another, I, I might have one or two, though I, I warn you, Grawl, they are, in fact, very pricey. Less than the uh, the uh, the crazy lightning? Oh, no, a lot more. You're talking about the accumulated knowledge of a wizard that, uh, if I don't know if you know this, wizards, for the most part, do not give up their spellbooks very willingly. Oh, I know. <laughs> How... <laughs> I acquired most of these in estate sales. Mm, I'm sure you did. 
Uh, yes, I would like to take a look at them. I just want to know what kind of wares you have. Okay. Uh, he can show you to his books department. Uh, he has a great many number of strange and interesting tomes for sale. Mm. It's like the it's like the Beauty and the Beast library is what he leads you to with the like rolling ladder that kind of scoots across. Um, oh, I want that so bad. There is a small little table at the center of this that seems to be like some kind of card index that he can sift through and find what you're looking for. Um, wizard spellbooks, he doesn't have a ton. He has only five total. But they seem to be big, okay. thick, hefty books full of arcane lore, and he will not let you read them without buying them first. Okay. That tracks. What's uh, the most... What's the cheapest one? I'm just curious. The cheapest one is 25,000 gold. Of course it yeah. is. Because, it. like, it's probably multiple spells. Oh, there, I'd e each wizard spellbook contains, at the very, like, lowest level, if you steal a first level wizard spellbook, it has six spells in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's... I wonder what would happen. I wonder if you would notice if I poked it with my sword just a little bit. Oh, he is watching you like a hawk with these things. God. They look very nice, and I start making my way back towards the <laughs> the normal. Okay. Uh, Anything else I can get for you today? We've got your healing potions. Can I perhaps interest you in a drift globe or two? Fancy what? little floating globes that produce light. They will follow you around if you just uh, turn them on and let them drift in the air behind you. Only, How much are those? Only 200 gold apiece. Tirza, I can cast that for free. Most oh. of us can see in the dark, Tirza. I can't, though. How about yeah. this? And he pulls out a small box and places it on the counter, and he says, this, if you can believe it or not, is a boat. And it's a small, looks like a shoebox. Uh-huh. Like a boat for tiny, tiny people? <laughs> no, 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 no. It is what is known right. as a, a, a folding boat. Within this box, you can... Once activated, it will unfold itself to create a boat of varying sizes, depending on your need. That's cool. That's pretty cool. That could be very useful in the near future. Sid, weren't you looking for a bag of holding at one point? Those are expensive. Uh... I'm just, oh, yeah. I'm just throwing things out there. Just just out of curiosity, Omatep, how much is a bag of holding? Oh, I can part with that with a for a paltry uh, 2,000 gold. <sighs> oh, it hurts. It hurts so much. I want one. Uh, you know, with the discount that I'm granting you, that makes it only 1,800 gold, my friend. Well, I mean, it's... Eight, 1,800, yeah. Okay, no. I can afford... Um, a little bit more than a quarter of that, but that's about it. Well, uh, I cannot give it for you for that cheap. I'm sorry. Trying to run the business here. No, no, I understand. I just... Really but, one. but how about the folding boat? How much is the folding boat? A folding boat I will part with for a, a meager 300 gold. I mean, do we need a folding boat? I mean, most of our the realm scars are on waterways. Actually, none of them are. 
No. Uh, well, by mean getting from one to the other might oh, be easier. Oh, yeah, sure. To... River okay. travel is a lot easier, actually. Can we go up the river? Because everything flows towards the Although, lake. yeah, actually, yeah, we'd be fighting true. the river. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to vote on foot might be a little bit easier. Yeah. With some sort of motor and wheels. <laughs> made by is Honda. This, is this the... <laughs> All the mm. boat. Why don't we save our money for something we really, really want? Well, yeah. if there's nothing else I can help you with, I'm sure uh, you've all had a very long and exhausting day. And unfortunately, the one thing I do not sell here is rooms for rent. No, we already got a room. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, we can do this whenever. I assume I can ritual spell thing and come here again. I don't quite know how it works on the tap. I wasn't really clear. <laughs> I kind of just covered the gold in my blood. Oh, why? Is that not What am I how what am I supposed to do like just a little bit a little bit of blood in the circle. It doesn't need to be a lot. Oh. Okay. Mostly that's just to make sure that you're serious. Yeah, well. <laughs> I mean, that's me. Serious. Very and serious. And he'll turn to Alexander and say, you didn't deposit any bloody gold, did you? And Alexander will just shake his head and make a little cleaning motion, and Almatep will say, oh, good, good. Hmm. I'm fine heading back. Yeah. Anyway, to answer your question, Sid, uh, the ritual you performed will work most of the time when you use it within a city. Occasionally, I might be busy. Sometimes I am dragged to and fro a little uh, all over the place. You know how it goes. Business is booming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, who, mm, who shops here besides us? Because I never... Well, like, honestly, it's weird that we found something else in here besides us. Who, who else shops here? And he'll just smile, wink, and tap his nose and say, I have a long customer list, my friend. You are definitely not the only ones who shop here. Well, I would hope not. Otherwise, I don't know how you'd stay open. Perseverance. <laughs> and it just all depends on who you know. Huh. Alexander will roll his eyes. <laughs> yeah, he knows what's up. Uh, I think that's our cue to leave. Okay. Yeah. Alexander will lead you out of the shop if there's nothing else. You pass um, the smoking just... corpse of the Abishai on the way out. Uh, does Omatep follow us as well? No. Omatep almost never sees people out. It's always Alexander who leads people to and from the interior of the shop. Omatep oh, almost before... exclusively stays in the bodega. Before yeah. we leave, I also grab my all of the stuff I threw sure. all over the place. <laughs> yeah. And Omatep raises a finger as though he's about to charge you for it, but then he's like, no, okay, yeah, no, that's all yours. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, as, we're, as we're, like, leaving the bodega area, like, once everyone else has kind of gotten out of sight, Cherish sort of, like, puts her hand on Omatep's shoulder and says, I'm sorry. Uh, f for what? <laughs> I... I, I... <laughs> wouldn't know what you're talking about. She just sort of like gives him like a knowing look and 
pats his shoulder and walks away. And he'll stare after you a little sad, but not saying anything as you leave. Um, Alexander, though, will give you a contemplative nod. As you're exiting Duskwalker Import and Export, you find yourself leaving just scarce moments after you left initially into Duskwalker. And you find yourself on the streets of Crescent's Edge, almost no time having passed. It is that strange occurrence you find whenever you're leaving most shops in which, wow, it feels like I spent a ton of time in there. But... <laughs> hmm. Yep. Totally um, normal feeling. <laughs> And as you leave, Alexander bids you all a nod, and then he'll slowly close the door, the green door there, sitting at the back of a butcher shop in a back alley in Crescent's Edge. And as you're walking out of that alley, you, one of you will turn back one more time to look, and the edifice and the door and its lit lanterns will be gone. Well... That was unexpected. You didn't buy anything. You didn't buy anything? You didn't buy any potions? No. No. Just, just looking around, I guess. You make your way back to your place of rest over at the Leering Horde. To find what rest you can. Because pretty soon you'll be striking out into the Eastwood. And who knows what dangers lurk around a tear in reality that is being watched by cultists. Because I think it is there we will end for now. And next time, we'll figure out precisely what's going on with all these wacky realm scars. Cherished cries herself to sleep that night. <laughs> so does Grawl, but it's because he didn't spend any money. In the meantime, you can, of course, reach us on Twitter at MattComRPG. That's spelled M-A-T-C-O-M-R-P-G. We also have an email address, which is MaterialComponentsRPG at gmail.com. We always love hearing from all of our listeners, watchers, viewers, whatever you want to call yourselves. I don't have a name for you quite yet. Consumers. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else have anything to plug? Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Elliot C. Lewis. Um, I think by the time this comes out, I, I will be back from my uh, second hiatus. Is that when this is coming out? Uh, due to podcast time travel, our listeners will not have understood a difference. So don't mention the hiatuses. <laughs> okay, just forget I said anything, I guess. Just come talk to me on Twitter. <laughs> we'll <fix it> <laughs> Just bleep um, out that part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Olivia, you want me to go, or do you want to go? Uh, no, come hang out with me. Uh, I'm at Cry Out Olivia on Twitter. Um, That's all, then, man. <laughs> as I say every time, you can find me on Twitter and at the Readimus. That's T H E R E E D I M U S. Um, yeah, I'm trying to get into the Twitter thing. I don't know how it works very well. He's you old. can make fun of me for that. That's okay. Yeah. It, some interaction is better than nothing. 
<laughs> um, speaking of no interaction, um, you'll not find me uh, on most social media. Um, but you guys can leave reviews on whatever service that you uh, watch, listen, consume our, our content. Just let us know what you think. Um, it's just nice to nice to hear from you guys and know that we're not just shouting this into the void, you know. Absolutely. And of course, Tell if you wish to, I should have bought. <laughs> if, if you wish to follow me personally, you can do so on Twitter at MK Gorgoni. Uh, come yell at me about all the infuriating GMing decisions I've made. Or you can <laughs> listen to my other podcast, which is Panel Up, your weekly slice of pop culture discussion podcast goodness. I don't know what episode will be up when this episode goes up, but I know for a fact that there will be a rant-filled Star Wars episode, which we just recorded, which uh, was a very, very good discussion about the sequel era Star Wars films. It's a good time indeed. And my friends will know precisely how uh, fervent I am about the Star Wars game. So What? Mike? No, Mike doesn't even like Star Wars. I'm not sure he knows what it is. I think mm -hmm. he means Star Trek. Mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. well, anyway. Uh, thank you so much for listening, <laughs> and I would just like to say, uh, I, I kind of want to end with a bit of a, an aphorism, which I picked up from a Patton Oswalt special, but I think is apropos, and that's, uh, life is chaos, be kind to one another. Mm. Good yeah, old Patton. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye. Good night. Bye. Good night, everyone.